0: And, and by the way, I, I have a conflict, I can't be here tonight, but Pastor Linda from Rivercrest will be here to lead things, and, and some of the Rivercrest congregation are going to join us. So Northwest, be nice hosts and welcome them, and even though Rivercrest people have been here lots of times, let them know that we love them and love what they're doing in our city as well. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we are... Um, we're on the last Sunday on listening. We've been doing this 90 days of transformation. And again, just to recap, we started back in Advent and we talked about how Advent is a season of preparation and we, we are preparing for the Lord coming. We're, we're getting ready. Just as, you know, Mary and Joseph and Elizabeth and Simeon and some of the others in the Nativity story were told something's coming, something's happening We want to be people who are paying attention when the Lord says, I'm doing something, I'm getting ready, you get ready too. And then moving into January, we transition into, okay, let's be listening, let's be receptors of the word of God, let's hear the voice of God, let's hear it intently, Let's, let's, let's be paying attention, let's hear it internally because we know that God speaks most powerfully to his people through the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about let's listen in community because we need to be listening to one another because the Holy Spirit is resident in believers and so God is at work in you. He's saying things to you. He's saying them to me. And God is remarkably consistent in the way he speaks. And so today we're going to talk about listening intentionally. For those of you who have been going through the journal keeping notes, there's a difference between listening intently and listening intentionally. When we listen intently it means that you know we got the antenna up our eyes are on we're paying attention and yes we're we're ready all of our senses are tuned and ready for God but listening intentionally has to do with our motivation for listening and it has to do with the synchronicity I love that word it has to do with our hearts being synchronized with the heart of God so that when we hear things that the Lord brings to us, whether it's through something I preach, whether it's through something you read in Scripture, whether it's through that conversation with a trusted Christ-following friend, that we understand and we appreciate when that resounds in harmony with the heart of God. And so that's what we're going to talk about this morning And again, you know, we've been going through a passage of Scripture that may not seem to fit, but just bear with me for a minute, okay? So in starting, you know, sometimes what we listen for makes a difference as to how well we hear. And you've probably had this experience where you're listening for something or someone says, hey, did you hear that? And you listen and you go, no, I'm not hearing it. And they have to describe it. Well, it sounds like a baby crying or it sounds like water running and then you kind of retune not just your ears you retune your brain to okay what does a baby crying sound like or what does water running sound like that's what i'm listening for and then so then you're you're really listening intentionally for that specific sound or maybe it looks like this where someone says hey did you just hear mom I know what mom's voice sounds like. And you know, come on kids, did you hear mom? And usually you go, what was she saying? (laughs) Are we in trouble? So you, you tune to a person's voice or the tones or the notes of a familiar sound. But occasionally we're so off track we're listening for things we'll never hear. Sometimes we're listening for stuff that's not out there, and we can, we can dupe ourselves. We can trick ourselves into hearing things that aren't there. Especially with just the power of suggestion. So I can get up here every week and tell you, you know what, God's telling us to do something here at Northwest. And you know, after a while you go, well, if the Lord's telling Pastor Hink that... He must be speaking, and then eventually something's going to happen, and you go, oh, that's just like what Pastor Hink said. That must be the voice of God, because I've been listening intentionally to the tones, to the familiarity of what Pastor Hink's been talking about. But here's, So here's what I want you to think about. Sometimes we're so far off base, we listen for things that are never going to be heard. So if I say to you, um, you know what, we're going to listen to dogs next Sunday. We're all going to bring our pets, we're going to bring our dogs up here, and we're going to put them up here, and, and, and we're just going to have a panel discussion, and our dogs are going to talk about philosophy. And so, you know, I'll bring my dog, my lab, and she's going to talk about Socrates. So come and listen to her, because she's studying up on Socrates. And, you know, one of you, I say, you bring your dog, because I'm pretty sure your dog knows a lot about Plato or Aristotle. So maybe after we've heard about Socrates from my dog, we can listen to your dog talking about Plato or or Aristotle. And some of you that are with it enough would go, Pastor Hink needs a day off. (laughs) I'm not playing for that. But, you know, this is, I hate to admit it, but this is how it is sometimes when we're listening for the voice of God. We want to hear God say something so badly, we will trick ourselves into the possibility that he will say something entirely inconsistent with his character, entirely inconsistent with his will for the world, entirely inconsistent with what he does in his kingdom, and we'll go, I heard God. And it's like hearing dogs talking philosophy. It, isn't, it doesn't happen, but we want it so bad that you could have my dog sit up here. If you really, really wanted to hear my dog talk about Socrates, eventually you'll go, did she just ask a question? Sometimes we want God to tell us so badly that it's okay to be re- in a relationship with that person that we will trick ourselves into hearing something and go, I think God told me it's Okay. I want so badly to leave my job that we might come to a point where we trick ourselves into going, I think God's okay with this now. I I got a sign. (laughs) It's like that one. And so I want us to be really, really cautious that we're not hearing things that we're never intended to hear. So let's just look at a few things that we'll never hear. This is really when we're listening to God in the worst possible way because we have an agenda and we've told God, okay, I'm open to hearing from you and then what goes unmentioned but is just deep in our heart is I'm open to hear your voice, God, as soon as you're ready to say what I want to hear. That's what we tell God. And we trick ourselves into going, I want this so badly, I will just stick around. And God, I will pray, I will pray, I will pray. I'll give money in the offering plate. I'll even go talk to Pastor Hink on a Tuesday morning. If you will please just tell me what I want to hear. That it's okay to leave my spouse. That you know whatever bad idea has gotten planted has been lied into our brain. When we listen like that, we will never hear God go, yeah, that's okay. There are things that are entirely inconsistent with the character of God, with the message of the gospel of the good news of Jesus, that don't work with his kingdom. And friends, i am just got to warn you that God will not say it. God won't say it. Some of you have responded in this series to me personally, and you said, you know, I haven't heard God speak for a long time. And I'm not saying this is true for all of you, because I don't know, but... I would just ask you to do this real quick self-examination and say, is that because God's not saying what you want to hear? You see, we can get ourselves way off track and extremely distant from God by refusing to hear his voice unless it resonates with our selfishness. And so that's the danger. That's, that's really what we want to address today. So listening intentionally to God means that I have to reorient and I have to open up to hearing what He says before, above, more significantly than what I want in and of myself. So here's what I've got to tell you guys. There are things I want to hear God say. And I've just got to, I've got to be honest about this. And, and some of you are going to, as soon as I say these things, you're going to go, yep, I want to hear God say exactly the same thing. I want to hear God say, "Hink, the budget at Northwest is going to double by the beginning of 2020. Come on, Lord. I want to hear God say, Northwest... I'm going to bring 30 new families into your church in the next two years. Oh, yeah. I want to hear God say that. I don't think those things are outside of the realm of possibility. I'll just tell you. Thank you. I think, in fact, that those things are rather rather safely within the realm of what God wants to do in our church and in Wichita. I don't think I'm asking for anything crazy. But if I get so fixed on those things that I cannot hear God say, hey, Hank, I want to take you through something over here first. I may miss it entirely. Unless I hear God say, okay, let's get ready. So, Hank, you've got to change the way you do things. Hey, Northwest, 30 new families. You can't do children's ministry the way you've been doing children's ministry. If we don't listen to that kind of voice from God, we will never hear that. Oh, here they are. This is how it works. So let's kind of clear the decks together and say, okay, Lord, if you want to do this, you do it in the way that you decide. You say what you need to say to us now in order for us to hear the greater things of your kingdom that you want to do. So, Last week, we started into this passage where the, where the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Corinth. And I told you we're going to look at this passage from a totally different perspective. We're going to put different lenses on our glasses. And so, you know, traditionally, we look at this and we're looking at all the gifts and how Paul is talking about how people are gifted to do different things and how that works with the Holy Spirit um, we're going to pull all that stuff apart in a, in a couple of weeks in our elements class. So if you really want to know that stuff, you won't miss out. Come and uh, come and join us on Thursday nights for that class. But here's the thing: I want to. I want to tack on to last week where we read the first part of 1 Corinthians chapter 12 about this body that is made up of multiple members and how we maybe hear God in community because we need the voices of one another. We need the voice of God through one another. And so we're going to carry that forward. And there's one phrase, and it's highlighted, you'll see it. There's one phrase that really stands out as we look into this next part of 1 Corinthians 12. The human body has many parts. By the way, we, we ended with this verse last week, so it should be familiar to some of you. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews. Some are Gentiles. Some are slaves. Some are free. Now, just to contextualize that for us, it would be kind of like us saying... You know, there's this one body, and some of you are Baptists, and some are Methodists, and some are Roman Catholics, and some are rich, and some are poor, and some are black, and some are white. But we have all been baptized into one body, by one spirit, and we share the same body. Or sorry, we share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, but not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I'm not a hand that does not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would it make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? If the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be If it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Here it is. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. That's the hard part. If one part suffers, the parts suffer with it. If one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, and then those who do miracles. Those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others. Those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we have, all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts but now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. Some of you might remember that last verse in another version. Now let me show you a more excellent way. And of course this is the ushering in. This is the prologue to this passage in 1 Corinthians that we hear at almost every wedding. And you know what comes next? Love is patient. Love is kind. And it's this great treaty on love. But you remember the setup is in chapter 12 when he goes, you parts of the body are there to care for one another. That's the setup. And here's the thing. This is why listening in community is really hard is because there are times I don't appreciate all the other parts of the body. And I hear from one of the other parts of the body and I go, la, 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 la. And that's not appropriate for all the parts of the body to be a mouthpiece. My friend Ben Tolley, he likes to say to pastors, be careful who you give the microphone to. We don't say those things very often. But here's the thing. If we are the body of Christ, there's something about how we listen to God together and how we listen with open hearts, even though we're hearing things we don't want to hear or hearing things we don't expect to hear because we're willing to set aside our prejudices. We're willing to set aside the way we want things before they ever start so that we can actually hear God's heart for us. So I'm a little bit frustrated with a a situation that's been unfolding for about the last five years. So I'm going to just kind of vent a little bit here with you guys. About five years ago, um, I was given a little piece of equipment. It's a remarkable thing called a fetal Doppler. And a fetal Doppler is a little microphone that's attached to a little box that has a speaker in it. And it's kind of a specialized thing. And when when a mom is about to give birth to a baby, you can take the little microphone and put it on her belly and if you position it right and do it right with all the right stuff, you can hear that little baby's heart go inside the fetal Doppler. And if you know what you're doing, you can count and you know what the baby's heart rate is and, and you know the baby's doing well or not doing well. So I was given this to, to, as a donation to Hope and Healing Africa, and I thought, this is great, this is amazing. I'm taking this to Mozambique where they're, they're having babies every day. And their babies aren't nearly as healthy and strong and big as ours are in the United States. And uh, we had seen when we were in Mozambique that they had a device that they used. And this device, it doesn't have a microphone, it doesn't have a speaker, it's about this long. It has a wide end and then it kind of funnels down and then another wide end and it's literally just kind of a cone with an end that fits your ear, and they put it on mom's belly, and there's no batteries, there's no wires, there's no speaker, there's no microphone, and they listen with that thing. And you've got to be really good. You've got to know your stuff in order to hear that baby's heartbeat. And so some of us from the United States, some of the nurses and EMTs that went with us over there, And they go, okay, they're going to listen to the baby's heart rate before she, you know, delivers this thing. And they get this device out. They go, well, there's no heartbeat there. And then we get out our funky, fancy little fetal Doppler and we put that on there. And and they go, yeah, there it is. And so we've been trying for five years to get our, our wonderful, courageous, amazing Mozambican nurses to use this device. And at first they were not using, they said, well, it uses batteries. I took enough 9-volt batteries over there that they could listen to that thing for five years. And I said, there's all the batteries. Well, no. And they're, they're just resistant to it. And I've got to confess, I've kind of given up. I've kind of reached the point where, okay, you know how to use that little cone. You can hear it. But us, Americans, we cannot. So we're going to use the fancy thing because we just can't hear that way. So I've got to tell you, there's some Christians like this too. There's some people that they are so in-tuned they're so in and they've trained themselves really is what's happened. And they, when they read scripture, they just grab truth from the heart of God. When they come to worship, they walk out and they'll go, I was listening to the pastor and you know what I got out of this and you go, wow, where was I? And you realize that the, you know they, they have tuned their hearts to the heart of God or they're just driving down the road and they see something and they go, that reminds me of the kingdom of God. And you go, really? It looks like a combine to me. It looks like an ambulance. But they, they're just so tuned to the kingdom of God that they see and they hear him everywhere and it's, kind of annoying for some of us. Because we're just not that well synchronized and we need some assisted hearing. We talked about that earlier. How do we assist our inability to hear God? And so here's what I would suggest to you. I've been holding off on this one. We have to figure out a way to synchronize our hearts to the Lord's heart. There's got to be some way that what the Lord's heart beats for makes ours beat. Years ago, my dad was into photography and he had a pretty nice camera that today would be considered incredibly antiquated. It wasn't a digital camera, it used actual film for the young people here, that's this actual stuff you stick inside and and, uh, have to have it developed and then you got to go pick up your pictures, it's not this just plug it into the computer thing. But he had a a flash on the camera, just like cameras have today, and then he had another flash, and he spent a lot of money on buying the second flash, and he had a wire that went from the one flash to the other flash, so you could get flash from two angles, and it was this big, huge system. And it was a little bit cumbersome and it was rather expensive and he was quite proud of it for a while. And um, I was showing my dad the other day, we were looking at a few things online and I said, hey dad, you remember your old camera that had those two flash units? Yeah, that was, that was a great system, he said. And I said, check this out. And they were selling for under $100 online a system that had like four flashes and they're all wireless. And dad goes, how does that work? And he caught me. I don't know. And so we start reading in the description. And as I read in the description, I read that each of the other flashes have like a little light receptor, like a photo cell, that when the one flash goes off, it triggers the other flashes. And it's so fast that it looks like they all go at once. And and my dad said, oh, that'll never work. That'll never work because by the time those other flashes go off, your, your shutter's closed, you know, and you know a couple of old guys trying to figure out new technology. But it works. The, the, the technology, the sensors, the computers inside the flashes, whatever, they're so fast that they can pick up that flash of light and trigger their own flash of light in a fraction of a second so that it looks like it all happens at once. Well, I would suggest to you that synchronizing our hearts with the heart of God means that we pay really, really, really close attention. We do not take our eyes off. We have our photo sensors tuned and turned toward the Lord so that when we see the Lord do something, we go, now! We so want to hear what God says that when he speaks with authenticity and we know it's the voice of God... We fire. We don't sit back and go, I need to discern this. If it resounds with the Spirit, remember what we said, if your spirit agrees with my spirit and the Lord is speaking, we should go, yes, like a flash triggered off of another flash that seems synchronized, that seems simultaneous. And you see what happens is then as the Lord speaks to you, to me and it synchronizes together with the heart of God we are moving as God is moving. We move when God moves. We're not a moment late. We're not a moment early. We're right there. I got to tell you in music it's it's hard. What, what these guys do up here this is not easy. It takes years to learn and train and some people have natural abilities that lend itself to this stuff. But one of the hardest things to learn is timing. It's timing. And you've got to count stuff. And then you get people who count things really in complicated ways. And it can sound really beautiful once you get it, but learning it is Horrible. But here's what happens. If you can count at the same time as everybody else up here, the piano, and the guitars, and the drums, and the the bass, and the sax, and the vocals, and you all come in together, silence gets pierced in the exact same moment with beauty. If you have trained, and you have been waiting, and you have been practicing, and you've been watching for that moment, beauty... If you've ever been to a band concert or an orchestra concert and the conductor gets up there and everybody's eyes are turned on the conductor and he picks up the baton and everybody gets quiet and the, the musicians lift their instruments and they get ready and then all of a sudden he goes, boom. And in that instant, we are transported by the gift of sound. Sound. And that silence gets penetrated with this incredibly beautiful, moving, powerful moment where we go, wow! And I would just suggest to you that the Lord deeply desires that his body operate as an orchestra, as a symphony, where when he conducts and he directs and God's people go, now, the world sits up and goes, what? But I would suggest to you that for too long and in too many ways, the body of Christ has been too distracted waiting to hear God to say things that he will never say. God will never say, do not care about those people. Whoever those people are, whether they're rich people, poor people, brown people, white people, Mexican people, American people, God will never say, don't care about them. If you're waiting to hear that, you're going to be listening in silence. God will never say, it's okay to leave the mess the way it is. He does not do that. God is a God who restores. He binds up the brokenhearted. He brings back together. He heals. And so if you are waiting for God to go, it's okay to leave your life like that, not going to hear it. You're not going to hear it. If you're waiting for God to say, you don't have to suffer. you're not going to hear his voice. And so I just want to impress on you when we listen to God intentionally, it means that we have to say, Lord, your heart first. And when your heart fires, we fire. That is the symphony the world is waiting to hear. In order for us to do that, we have to sit and listen humbly. You know, then we realize we're only one instrument in a great orchestra. We're only one instrument in a band. But if we miss our part, it's not pretty. I think we got a great example of this. I think we have the best ever example, the MVP of listening to God. In Christ himself, when he was given the opportunity to speak to and listen to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he knows what's coming, he knows the heart of God is pounding out his love for the world, and Jesus says back, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. I think in the great symphony of history, that was the moment when the Son says to the Father, I'm ready. Let's get it started. Even though I know what's coming next is not what I want to hear. It's not what I want to do. It's not what I want to go through. It's going to be horrible. But Lord, your will be done because what comes after that is incredibly glorious, powerful changes. The history of the world opens the doors of the kingdom of God to adopt the unrighteous. The unrighteous. To welcome the sinner, to bring sight to the blind, that's what's got to happen. And so here is Christ laying aside the agenda of humanity, which is really the agenda of just don't let anything hurt and let me have a nice and comfortable, easy life. He sets that aside and says, not my will, but yours be done. Because the agenda of humanity pales in comparison to the agenda of the kingdom of God. The agenda of the kingdom of God is far greater, far better. It is eternal, and it never fails. And so, my friends, I would suggest to you that what we need to do as our last step of listening to God and tuning our hearts and tuning our ears is synchronizing in such a way that we bend our will to the will of the Father. That we're willing to say, not what Northwest wants, but Lord, what you want. Not what Pastor Hink wants to see happen, God, but what you want to see happen. And so start moving, Lord. Lift the baton, because we're lifting our instruments and we're ready for that first note to just blast out. So I want to leave you with this thought. Up until now, each statement at the end of this sermon has been, if you want to hear God speak. (laughs) Well, I'm done with the if. If. We will hear the Lord speak when we want to hear what comes from his heart. We will. When we want what he wants more than anything else in the world, he will provide more information, more input than we need when we want to hear what he has to say. Band, come on back up here. Um, We're going to sing a wonderful hymn in closing, but before that, I would like to pray with you. Father God, uh, we just need to take a moment. And Lord,